This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This episode is brought to you by the 5-Day Money Challenge. Get your stuff together with money and increase your confidence in just five days. Save your seat at WhitneyHanson.com slash challenge and join in on the fun. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Today we are going to be doing things a little bit different. I've got my partner in crime, Tony, here with me, and he's going to share a little bit of perspective on some questions that you guys submitted. So I'm super stoked about this. Tony, thanks so much for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Never been on the podcast before. No, I mean, how many episodes in are you now? I actually, I don't really. Know. I was thinking about that. I'm not sure because I have the five tip. Friday stuff too. I'm over 200 for sure. All right. 200 plus episodes and first time on. So yeah. How come? Are you, do you not want to come on the podcast? Is that why? You've literally never invited me. such a lie. I've invited you multiple times. Okay guys, regardless, Tony and I are very different people with very different perspectives. And so I thought it would be kind of fun for you to hear because I mean, frankly, I'm not even kidding. Like a lot of the questions that you guys submit, I even run them by Tony sometimes just to get a different perspective because I, I actually do respect your opinion when it comes to finances. I think you have really useful insight. So I thought this might be kind of fun. Are you ready to dive into some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This was a fun one. It came from Danielle on Instagram. Danielle wants to know your pointers on best approach to get your partner on board with financial goals? Oh. <laughs> we have a lot um, of experience with this. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just you've got to find the why. You can't just be like, well, we need to be on the same page. That's that's not a good enough reason. Um, no matter how much you guys love each other, it, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. Uh, so in, you know, kind of the – so I do retail sales training. 
Uh, one of the things we try to get people's buy-in is we use WIFM. So it's what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. So you really have to focus on what, like what makes that person tick? Like why, what, why would a financial goal uh, that benefits both of you be important to them? Um, that's kind of generic sounding, but that, without a little more detail, it's hard to say. But yeah, you really have to find the why uh, for both sides. And if the whys match up, then you can have that buy-in. Um, but without it, it's you know it's really hard to make it stick. I think that's I like it's called Whiffem. Yeah, Whiffem. Okay, I think that's really good. I actually would not have even known that existed. So I think that's a good perspective. The from my take on it of how to get your partner on board financially. It really depends. So I've noticed I'm more of an emotional person where my value is financial security. So you show me why this is going to make me more financially secure. I'm all about it. Tony's more of a math brain. And actually, surprisingly, I would say that you are probably more of the money nerd. Yeah, that's... uh, Don't you think? Probably. I'd say, you know, Uh five years of engineering school will make you pretty nerdy (laughs) in math. Uh, But yeah, I'm very like logic minded. Yeah. So it has to make sense on paper and numbers, um, which I think is most of it, but I think everybody has a little bit of that emotional side tied into true. it too. Good point. Good point. Yeah, that's true. I'm not like trying to paint you as like this robot, but in general, if I'm trying to appeal. So, okay, let me give you guys like a personal example of how Tony and I have approached this recently. We are both talking about investing in real estate and we are getting to the point where we want to do this together and have this be like a combined cash flow thing where we're ideally earning some passive income, or I should say residual income. I don't technically believe in passive income. And so one of the things that I'm doing is I'm finding properties and part of me wants to build a tiny property. Now that's my emotional side. There's mathematically, it does not necessarily make sense for me to take off three or four months while I build a tiny cabin. But for Tony, I have to paint the picture of why this is a good cash flow opportunity instead of why wouldn't you just hire a contractor to come in and do the the work? Is that kind of a fair comparison? Yeah. Math's got to make sense. It's like, what's the opportunity cost that you're giving up into, you know, Mm -hmm. pursuing a project of that time length? Um, and then what's the cash flow coming in? If that doesn't make sense to me, I don't see why we mm-hmm. do it. Um, I don't have emotional ties to property like I know that. You don't. Like they're just assets. That's how I look at yep. property. So uh, whether that's right or wrong, not really sure, but that's just how my <laughs> mind works. Yeah, and I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, oh my God, when the downtime, I could go stay there. And it's so different. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think about that. <laughs> But I think the the important piece is you can see that we have very, very different perspectives. But I think as a couple, it's on you to really determine how are you going to almost state your case. I don't want to say like manipulate your partner and get them to a point where it's like you're persuading them to your side. That's not what I'm meaning. But it's it's really illustrating like here's why I think this is a good idea and here's why I think it could appeal to you as well. I think that's part of just coupling. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I don't think you can approach it like, how do I change their mind? It's just how can you present it in a way that makes sense to them mm-hmm. um, to where it, it also is beneficial to them. And that's that's really the best you can do. Okay. So like serious question, how would you approach this? Because I've seen this in my own work. I don't know if you come across this with your like employees and stuff too, but I see a lot of people that still, yeah, they try to get to the why, they try to get to the same page, but at the end of the day, they cannot agree. Like you have one party that just does not care, doesn't seem to be invested. How would you approach it if that was your relationship? Like what would you do? Uh, 
honestly move on to something else. (laughs) I mean, you're like, you can't necessarily agree on a hundred percent of, you know, whatever you, you guys are trying to agree on. Um, doing a great job, by the way, this is, (laughs) this is probably why you haven't invited me on this podcast (laughs) in over 200 episodes. I get, I get it now. Uh, no, I mean, it's just, if you can do your best, you can present it. Uh, sometimes it's just not the right fit for that person in that particular situation. Uh, doesn't necessarily you mean you guys are a bad couple or you're never going to work out or, you know, or anything like that. It's just in that particular situation, it's just, it doesn't make sense for both parties to agree. Uh, so then you move on, maybe find a compromise or just, you know, kind of not really worry about it anymore. Okay. Other sidebar convo. If this is your situation where you're, you're hearing it and you're like, yeah, no matter what I do, I can't seem to get my partner on the same page. I think additionally, you have two options. I really believe that you cannot work together as a couple, unless you fix your own shit. I really do believe that. So I think you have to, if there's something holding you back personally, maybe it's a limiting belief, whatever it is, it's something that you feel like you can't tackle. You really have to dig into that on your own and do that internal work before you can come together as a couple as a whole. I don't think two halves can make one whole. I don't don't believe that. I think you each have to fix your own shit first. I didn't know we could say shit on your podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the beautiful thing about having a podcast, you guys, is you can do whatever you want. But if there's kids in the car, I'm really sorry. Way to go. I know. I've actually had people that have emailed and they're like, I have kids that they love your podcast too. I'm like, crap. That means I can't say bad words anymore. But at the end of the day, it's marked explicit for a reason. Yeah, I, I would say that this is pretty tame. So. <laughs> I would say so too. I think okay. they, I think they, in the long run, the kids will benefit. Um, but just one no, last, one last uh, note on that subject. Um, if you guys can't agree, you, you know, you kind of have to make that choice yourself. You either accept that, hey, that's just their belief. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I can either be cool with it, or you know, I can let it strain the relationship. But that, that's really on you at that point. I so. agree. I agree. A lot of a uh, personal responsibility, and if you choose to manage money separately, that's okay too. I think it's just having that conversation frequently, often, and fixing your own self before you expect somebody else to almost like save you. I'm not really into that complex. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. This one came from Facebook. It's from Megan. She says, can you talk about tips to getting over budget burnout? I'm debt free and saved my emergency fund for the second time last year, and I'm getting tired of budgeting. What are your tips to stay on track? Uh, I mean, are you getting off track? I guess is a better follow-up question. I mean, if you're, you know, you're doing stuff, you're debt free, um, you're saving for your emergency or emergency fund. Sorry. I'm trying to read Whitney's handwriting. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade at me. Sorry. Didn't mean to drag you like that, but, uh, it, I mean, it sounds like you're doing fine. So I guess is, you know, not, are you not staying on track in, in some aspect? That would probably be a good question to ask yourself because if you're not like, why are you beating yourself up? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to equate things to like health and fitness and dieting just cause that was, you know, one of my passions for a little bit. Um, you know, if you're, you know, you're happy with where you are, your weight, your, or whatever it is, your health, and you're not weighing every piece of protein or measuring out all of your food and you're still doing fine, then, you know, what's the problem? Um, it's when you need to move towards a goal or you need to achieve something, um, 
is when you really need to have that plan and that level of execution where you're you're watching you know every dollar going in and out. Uh, but if you're you're doing fine, you know what what's the point? Mm. I I, I kind of hear that. So it's almost like why are you dr- dramatizing? Is that the word? Yes. Why are you like dramatizing things to make it like it has to be this crazy roller coaster of a situation? I agree with that. I would say though that in general. You guys know this. I'm such a budget person. I think it's so critical to your success and your foundation. So if you're feeling that burnout, man, this is going to sound like a woo-woo answer, but I believe it. I think you have to change your perception on why you feel like this is a burnout situation. Like, why is this becoming a burden? I usually find if you feel like it's becoming a burden in your life, it's because of your thoughts on the situation. It's not the situation itself. If you didn't budget, you would actually probably hate your life even more because you'd feel totally out of control. Like you might feel okay for a month or two and then you're going to get to the point where you're like, oh my God, I worked so hard and now I let it all go. Like what's going on? So I think it's it's almost like you we really do have to change your thought process on how you feel about budgeting. Budgeting is not anything. Like I actually just sent this out on an email on Tuesday. Budgets don't make you feel bad. Budgets aren't evil. It's just an equation. It's just numbers on a piece of paper. And what we do is we tie emotion to budgeting. So if you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm getting burned out of budgeting, figure out why are you, why do you feel like you're getting burned out of budgeting? Is it because you're saying no to too many things? Okay. Maybe you need to add in a little bit of like life's niceties in there so that you feel like you can enjoy your money more. I don't know. That's just one thing that I usually experience when I feel like I'm burned out of budgeting. It's because I'm being maybe too strict or overly strict and I don't need to be. Uh, nice segue. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter, Tuesday Tidbits, uh, WinnieHanson.com. Thanks, babe. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, if you're, you know, on tr- or not necessarily on track, but things are still going good in your life, then you've probably built up those behaviors from having such a strict budget. Yeah. And those are, you're probably doing that th- those things without even thinking. Uh, but yeah, would like to hear some follow-up on that. Thanks for the question, Megan. Yeah, I thought it was a good one, too. Okay, so... <laughs> This question, we're going to answer it because I laughed when I saw it. Chad says, is 2020 the year you two finally take the plunge and get the filing jointly tax credit? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think that's the plan. You want to marry me? We've been How long have we been engaged? Oh. We've been together for you guys like 15 years. Yeah. I'm 31. Let me give you that for context. Tony's also 31. He'll be 32 soon. Yeah, we've been dating each other for most of our lives in in the most literal sense possible. That is like so crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've talked about it. The plan is sometime this year. Don't know any details past that. Surprise. I'm trying to keep it simple, honestly. Yeah, you know, just this is a money podcast. We can talk about it. Anytime you look into stuff that's related to weddings, it is expensive. It's crazy you find the venue you got to find a caterer you got to find somebody to take your pictures and and that's like the most important part yeah for sure then you gotta invite a bunch of people well i'm (laughs) saying like a standard wedding no i agree yeah and you're paying all this money for other people you're not paying for yourself i know I think that's the part that really frustrates me too is how much money is spent on other people and like appeasing and then i actually just had this conversation with a coaching client today when you have family that's paying for the wedding, there's so much more strings attached of, oh, did you invite Aunt Becky from five years ago, even though you haven't talked to her in 10? Like, it's just like a lot of weird stuff that comes when you take money from people. So that's just something to keep in mind too, guys. But are we going to get married? Yeah, I mean, eventually. I mean, truly, someday. 
Yeah. Is the tax break even that good for 2020? Not anymore. No. No? no. Okay. Well. I mean, it's okay, but. Uh, yeah. That sucks it's, for you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. For me, it's not fun. Okay. Do you want to answer another one? Uh, yeah. Can I read the question? Yeah. Which one we? This one from that person. Can I read their name out? Just just the first name, probably. Oh, okay. Uh, Shane on Instagram asking, getting close to graduation, how to pay off student loans. Ooh, this is my jam. Okay, so if you're trying to pay off student loans, first and foremost, you have to get clear on what level of aggression you want with your student loans. I know that sounds a little weird, but do you want to be... As like Dave Ramsey says, like gazelle intense, where you're going all in, you're chasing that financial goal like no other, and that's your sole focus. Or do you want something that's a little bit more sustainable longer term? So I'd say that's the first step. Would you have a first step? Uh, no. I mean, have a plan, which is pretty much in line with what you've got. So yeah, yeah I'm just going to let you do this one. Oh, all right, yeah. all right, cool. This, this is your thing. <laughs> this is my thing. I went through this, guys. So, okay, so that's the first step. And then the second step is you have to get control over your income. So I think this is like a two-sided equation, income and expenses. Get control over your income, meaning side hustle, increase it as much as you possibly can. And then basically between your income and your expenses, you have that gap, that leftover money. You want to make that gap as big as you possibly can. And that's going to require some crappy sacrifices where you have to dive in. You've got to cut out Starbucks. You got to reduce your eating out sometimes, of course, depending on the level of aggression that you have. But in general, if you want to pay off debt quickly, you need to just rip off the bandaid and do the crap work. I don't know. To me, that was my experience. I paid off my $30,000 in 10 months and it was 80 hours a week. It was no Starbucks at all. It was no eating out. Like I wish I was exaggerating. It really was that strict. Tony can vouch. He was there for the whole thing, but it was worth it. Like I would do it again in a heartbeat because it's given me so much more financial freedom and options in my adulthood. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Word. (laughs) Could have said it better myself. All right. Hope that helps, Shane. Next question. Next question. Let me pull it up. Okay. So, okay, this one is, oh, I like this one. Okay, I'm a stay-at-home mom. What's the best and simplest way to go about investing? Oh, you're looking at me? What Uh, What do you think? For me, make it as automated as possible to the point where you don't even think about it. Uh, So I personally use Betterment. Um, so you can have it automatically withdraw and, you know, invest and it's, it's a robo investor, uh, in case you guys don't know. Uh, but yeah, the, the more simple you make it, the better, um, it's just do something, get started, have something going on. Um, and then as you become more comfortable with it, um, or become more interested in it, even, uh, you can get into stuff that's a little more complex, but I I think that's a really good start for Mm -hmm. probably a majority of people. I think so too. So I think that's the question actually came from Ashley, which I agree. I think Betterment's a killer option. Man, you're working like literally three full-time jobs in a nutshell. So you have to guard your time so dang carefully that if I were a mom, I would do as little as possible for having thought process behind those financial decisions. So like Tony said, I would automate the crap out of my investing and I would use something like Betterment. I would also give yourself permission to maybe not be as 
Ooh, this is so hard to say. Um, okay, so a lot of parents, just being real, feel like they need to put their kids' priorities before their own, and that includes investing. So I want to put my kids' sports before I fund my retirement accounts, or I want to put my kids' college first before I fund my own retirement account. And I'm just going to give you like a word of caution. It's kind of like the stupid little airplane thing where it's put on your own mask before you take care of your kids. I think it's true though, and I think so many parents will try to prioritize their kids' future over their own, and they fail to remember that when you don't prioritize your own future, your kids are the ones picking up the slack there. So I will say, make it a huge priority to make sure that you are funding your own future first, which I know probably sounds like weird advice, but I believe that with my whole heart. Yep. Sounds good. I agree. This is a good one. I think you've probably got some good perspective on this. Um, The question is side hustle money. Do you put it towards credit card debt first or a parent loan debt first? What would you do? Ooh, uh, geez, that's tough. Uh, it really depends on your relationship with your parents. Yeah. I mean, what does that look like? You know, do you, do they hold it over your head? Are you, are you, you know, is it that kind of relationship? Uh, because if it is, then you kind of have mm-hmm. to see what that dynamic is like. It's like, even if you pay it back, are you constantly going to hear about it anyway? Right. Um, if you don't pay it back is, you know, going to strain your relationship. I, personally think if it is a parental loan um, or any kind of, you know, close relative loan, friend, family, doesn't really matter. Uh, try to pay that off as quickly as possible. You know, get it off your ledger. As long as you strain that out, it even if nobody says anything, it does does strain the relationship uh, in the background, you know? So it's one day you're going to be sitting down at Thanksgiving and it's just going to get brought up <laughs> and it's going to be a whole big thing. So pay that one off first um, and then tackle your uh, credit card. Was it credit card or student loan debt? Credit card. Credit card debt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because creditors, they don't care who you are. They're, they're, they're going to want their money regardless. They don't talk to you. They just, you know, make your minimum payments. I really don't care. But the ones that you actually interact with, that's where it can get awkward. So interesting. So you would you would prioritize the parent plus loan first if you feel like it would strain the relationship? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think nine times out of ten I would go that route because even if it's, they, people say it's not going to strain the relationship, it probably will strain the relationship if it gets extended out far enough. Fair, totally fair. So yeah, without knowing the exact numbers of like how much is the parent plus loan and how much is the credit card debt, obviously if the parent plus loan is like $50,000 and the credit card's $2,000, we're probably going to say, no, just pay off the credit card. But like assuming they're equivalent and the credit card has higher interest rate versus the parent loan, I think I might have to agree with you on that. And that's where personal finance gets personal. You have to decide what's best for you and your life and your relationship. And if that's going to strain your relationship with your family, then for sure go for that. But in general, I'd probably say just get rid of all of that freaking credit card because you cannot out earn that credit card interest. It's terrible for you. It's the worst. Yeah, I agree. What's next? Okay. So that's all the questions that I have for today. So before we officially wrap this up and go to bed, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Uh, sure. Yeah. You don't listen to my podcast. I ask this every time. I know, but I'm not (laughs) a guest on your podcast. I. You're kind of a guest. More like a, am I? Yeah, I'd say so. I don't know. Do you guys think he's a guest? I think so. I think that's what that means. 
yeah, let us let us know if you consider me a guest or if you My want me back. Co-host? But uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Rapid fire questions. Go. Okay. Okay. First rapid fire for you. What is your current morning routine? Oh, this is going to be good. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> set my alarm to a time that I think makes sense that I could make it to the gym. Um, proceed to hit snooze two to three times. <laughs> give up on the dream of going to the gym in the morning. Turn on my other alarm that's actually, you know, set for about an hour and a half later. What? Um, lay in bed once the alarm goes off for about 15, 20 minutes. And then roll out of bed, proceed to get ready for my day, uh, grab a protein bar and some caffeine, and then head out the door to work. That has been my morning routine for like the last mm, month or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's like equal parts like depressing and like, yeah, okay, relatable. <laughs> yeah, I know. If, you, if you're hoping for some motivational message... <laughs> on how the successful people start their morning. This is the wrong episode to turn into because, uh, yeah, no, my morning is not going to inspire anybody. (laughs) (laughs) We have very different morning routines. I like get up. I'm like, yeah, I go downstairs, make my coffee, eat breakfast, get to work usually by like eight or eight 30, go in the bedroom, yell at Tony to get up, usually sing or do some annoying thing. But (laughs) yes, you do do that a lot. (laughs) So different. I don't know. Well, you've been awake for like probably an hour at that point. So yeah. you've got energy. You're ready to have a conversation. I'm just getting up. Yeah, I'm just, yeah I'm not I'm not ready for that. Word. I hear that. Okay. My next question for you. What is one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? How recent are we talking? Oh, God. Nobody's ever asked that. I don't know. Like within the last month or two. Last month or two? Sure. Uh, I haven't really bought anything in the last month or two. I don't think you have either. Yeah, no. Uh, So the best purchase I can think of I've made in the not so distant past would be probably my AirPods. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I mean, it's been a few years now, but gosh, one of the few things I've bought that I've used every single day, I ended up upgrading the AirPods Pro. This, You know, well, the other ones are dying like quickly, like they would only last maybe 20 minutes and I... I'm on conference calls quite a bit, so they don't, you know, those calls go for an hour, hour and a half sometimes. Um, so they weren't lasting. So I was like, you know what? I'll, you know, since I use them all the time, I'll just upgrade to the pros. Plus I travel a lot, so the noise canceling would be pretty, pretty useful. Um, you know, I think I prefer the uh, the originals over yeah. the pros. Yeah. I'll trade you. Yeah, if I had to go back, I, I think I would would do that. I don't know. I'm not, not, not quite sure yet, but that's my... Uh, I don't know, tech review for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, CNET. We appreciate it. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I mean, I'll happily trade you if you want the other ones. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. Anyway, for another another episode. Okay, next question. What's one location you're dying to travel to? Oh, you know, we already checked Japan off the list. That one was probably my number one bucket list item. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second bucket list item is to go back to Japan. Um, yeah, no, I would definitely go back, uh, outside of uh, places I've never been, Mm -hmm. I would say probably Thailand has been on there. Um, I'd like to go back to Vietnam because I haven't been there since I was like three. So really don't really remember a whole lot about it. Um, there's always some European country that I would go to Germany. Germany. Yeah. Ireland, I think would be pretty cool. Really? 
Yeah. Uh, and I like people listening are probably like, that's embarrassing, Whitney. I know. Hopefully she's far enough away from the mic that you do not hear her god-awful Irish accent. I did my best. <laughs> yeah, well, try harder. Um, <laughs> maybe, probably Canada. We kind of had the, you know, get so Quebec. close. Sure, yeah. Well, I've heard, Quebec's not close for us. Probably. Well, I know, but I've heard places in Canada, it's basically like going to Europe, but much closer. Mm, Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. That means that's probably where I'll be going too. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. Last question for you before we officially wrap this up. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Uh, Being engaged to the money nerd is pretty helpful. (laughs) Um, You just have to find a system that works for you. Uh, If you like to be hands-on and do budgets on paper all the time, like a certain somebody I know, uh, you, you know, just lean into that. Um, for me, I'm a little lazier. So the more I can automate things, the the better it is. So just like with investing or savings, if you can automate that stuff, like your get your paycheck automatically goes to your savings or a chunk of it goes to your savings, you're probably going to, you know, get more ahead than if you waited for it to come in and then you had to personally log in, transfer the money, do all that stuff. Uh, that's just less likely to happen. So finding a system that works for you um, and just embrace it. And uh, yeah, I think that would be my number one tip. And don't get into credit card debt over your head. That's also another tip. Mm. Um, but yeah, is that is that your last question? That's the last question. Okay. I am actually going to flip the table and ask you, a question. I actually asked this to uh, people that I interview for jobs. You do? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, because I, w- I want to get people to open up and, you know, talk about things outside of the uh, standard interview questions like, oh, why do you want to work for this company? It's yeah. like, I know, you know, dumb. I hate those questions. Um, okay, so let me, let me think. I always have to think about this. So th- it's three things. So if you, money was no object, um, you had unlimited funds, uh-huh. right? Um, what is one thing that you would buy one thing or one place that you would travel to and one cause that you would donate to? Oh, okay. Buy, travel, donate. Yes. So what would I buy? Man. And it can be literally anything. Money is no object. Yes. (laughs) What does that mean? I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. So what would I buy? Honestly, I'd probably buy like a massive apartment complex or some real estate so that it gives me cash flow. So then money's like really no object long term. I think that's what I would buy. Where would I travel? Is that what the other question is? Yes. Can I like do like a cheater one and be like, oh, all the way around the world? I mean, no. I mean, I guess you could. Okay, money's yeah. no object, Ant- Antarctica. Okay, why? It just looks amazing. It does not no, look amazing. It does. I don't need to talk about this. It looks amazing. Oh. You guys, do you agree? I think Antarctica looks so cool. Anyway, that's where I would travel to. It's expensive. It's like five to maybe $10,000 for a cruise to Because go there. there's not that many like trips that go down there. Because it's so beautiful that they have to protect it. No, it's because it's not that many people that want to go. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Your dream. <laughs> it's my dream. My dream Tony. Um and then where would I donate? Um it's it's a combination. I would split my donations to humane society. You can only pick one. Oh shoot. Uh, okay, I'm going between Humane Society and the women and children's centers. Uh probably Humane Society, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I usually ask why too, just to get people to open up. But oh, I'm going to cry if I tell you. I know, I know, I know. I already know why. Um, but cool. All right. Well, uh, that's it's. This has been fun. It's it's been it's been quite the adventure. <laughs> Yeah. navigating podcasting with my significant other. I've never actually tr- fun fact, total side note. And then we're going to like legit wrap this up. Tony was the reason I started podcasting. Tony and my friend, Jen Hempel are the sole reason I started podcasting because Tony back in the day forever ago had a podcast about fitness. And I used to think that was kind of fun. And then my friend Jen had a podcast and I was just like fangirling over her. So thank you for getting me into podcasting. I think that's really fun. I've had a good time with it. You're welcome. I actually did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe but... we can talk about it when we go to Antarctica. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> f- list of uh, episodes that you guys will never hear <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm not going to Antarctica. <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, but yeah, congratulations on 200 plus episodes. Podcast is growing. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, t- for asking questions. Again, this, yeah. was, uh, this was fun. Maybe we should do it again. Down, sure. down to do this with like a couple drinks or something that would keep it interesting <laughs> i can't i mean it'd be like a drink for me but anyway thanks so much guys we appreciate you tuning in and i hope you're having an awesome wednesday make sure you tune in next week we're gonna have a really fun conversation all about real estate investing and then on friday is five tip friday so make sure you tune in for that too if you want to learn some quick tips five minutes or less really short sweet to the point but i appreciate you tuning in and hope you're having a great day thanks so much and i will see you next week for another episode of the money nerds podcast bye mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.